Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann, what are we going to talk about today? You know, why don't we discuss, oh, I did just squeak, didn't I? Uh, why don't we discuss interacting with new people, like at networking events or a new boss or a new employee or a new customer? Let's talk about that, because I think we were talking about the awkwardness of that last time. Uh, you're not trying to say also new co-hosts, are you? Well, I was thinking maybe we should bring in a third. That'd be fun, depending we can on who. Phase you out then. Oh, wait, you? what? This this Me? is my this is my podcast. Oh crap! That's right. <laughs> Go with uh, your own podcast, lady. <laughs> yeah, I started this one. Remember? <laughs> it's like a hostile takeover there. Yeah. Do what you well, got to do. No, but well, I mean, it's an awkward. <laughs> It's an awkward thing interacting with new people, um, but we got to get good at it, right? Yeah, you do. Uh, well, you only do if you want to go someplace in life, on you know, versus being blown at the whims of whatever takes you, right? Right. We can't whims grow. Are cool, but it's nice to have some control sometimes. As much in as much as we can have control, which is actually we can have a lot of control by giving up control, but that's probably a whole nother podcast. You just went deep in that one. Yeah, I just dove like into the not just a deep zone. This is like you know what what the Marianas Trench. Um, I'm, I'm making a note of that one. We so I think, folks, if we remember, because we are both north of fifty, we might talk about this in the future. Not yet. I've still got five, like uh, three weeks. Oh. By the nice time try. we, by the time we record that one, we'll both be north of fifty. Some more than others. You. Do you yes. know that the egg McMuffin is also fifty this year, and the Bahamas? What do you mean the Bahamas? They got their independence and they became their own thing in nineteen seventy three. I real I just as, so they were a British. They were a British protectorate yep. prior to seventy three. And they celebrated their independence on Monday, July 10th, which is also my Aunt Alice's birthday, but she's way older than 50. Happy birthday, Aunt Alice. You know, my coolest aunt, when I was little, I thought she, she's my grandmother's sister. I thought she was 16 because 16 was the coolest age to be. Yeah, until you hit 17. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Until I hit 48 and then I realized, wow, 50 is kind of cool. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, I love hearing you say that. I know we want to talk about meeting new people, but I just just want to I want, I want to jump down this little rabbit hole because I've always felt this way every decade, you know, and for those of you who are maybe new, I'm 62, just turned 62 last month. So I've had six of these. Um, the first one doesn't really count because you have nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. Right. And every decade since has been better than the one before. So, you know, when I, I remember like 30, I hit it and, um, you know, it was like, okay, now you're, now you're a real adult, you know, even though I've been flying fighters for the Navy before then you're in your twenties, like thirties is the first time it's like, I got some gravitas, you know, I'm not a kid in my twenties anymore. Right. Or, you know, a young, young adult, in my twenties. I just don't feel like an adult. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, I agree yeah. with you. 
right? But then 40s, it was like now you're starting to be not quite venerable, but you're 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 like seasoned adult, but still young, right? But not 50, according to my 11 year old nephew. <laughs> well, yeah, consider the source, right? Um, right, 50. It's like okay, you know, that's a half a century. You 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 know they say it's over the hill. It, not in my world. 60 is probably the peak because I'm aiming for 120. Um, but, but, you know, at 50, it's like, okay, you know, now, and then, you know, 60, it's sort of like, okay, this is kind of cool. I have, I have some real life experience in, even though I learned at 60, and this is the truth. I learned at 60 that there's so much I don't know, which is really, really, really exciting, which is why 120 is actually a pretty cool goal because, you know, it gives me just as much time in the future as I had in the past to learn the things I don't know, although I'm sure there's more than I can learn in the next 60 years, but it's just kind of an exciting time. Go so, for 180, Dave. What, what, why are you aiming low? I love that. Done. New claim. Okay. 180. And this is why they make me a motivational speaker. Because I'm motivated, baby. <laughs> I'm so, checking out at 80. I'm going to rent it. I'm like, shit's wearing out. Oh, sorry. I said a bad word on your podcast. Oh, wearing out. You cannot say that again. <laughs> So, but actually I can now bring my little rabbit hole back to our topic because here's the challenge as you get older, your, your friends don't always. And when you look at people in their late seventies, early eighties, who are electing to graduate from this life, and I truly believe we elect to graduate at some point and move on to a higher realm, i.e. they die. Yes, Valhalla. Right, exactly. For us warriors out there, if we get to die with our weapons in our hands, um, must die with a weapon in your hand, right? To, to get in, that's the, the ticket. Duh. Right. At any rate, Thor. Um, no, actually, uh, Frida, that would be goddess. At any rate, um, yeah, sorry, I had to pull up my North, Norse mythology. But as you get older and your friends start graduating from life, and I think it gets lonely. Uh, and there's fewer people to relate to. Even if you make connections, how do you relate to them when, you know, you've uh, just imagine being 120 years old and of sound mind and body, being able to get around and ambulatory and all that. And everything you would have seen in your life, imagine talking to somebody who is born when you were 90, so they're in their 30s, and I, okay, just so for picture ahead and then go like, all right, now I'm going to try and relate to them about what life was like before the answering machine. Well, right. Or, or like nobody remembers the excitement of those cups, the glasses that McDonald's would give out that they made periodically. Or like the, they don't still do that, do they? I don't know. I, I haven't eaten at McDonald's in more decades than many Well, no, people. but like back in the 70s, like the coolest thing was when McDonald's came out with a special glass and I never even made it into the house with the glass. It would I would break it before because I'm not a I'm a clumsy person. But like all these things that were so meaningful for you as an adult, as a child, nobody, literally nobody can relate to rewinding a cassette tape with a big pen. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. Thank you. The hippity hop. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't have one, but yeah. Now yeah. it's a yoga ball and the old Karens use it. Or maybe it's one of those. It's right. funny. My wife and I talk about this all the time. We had uh, both had this toy. It was uh, called Creepy Crawlers. And it was this uh, mold, ejection mold system with the mold draw like um, insects and bugs, yeah. bugs and stuff like that. And you put this, you know, uh, liquefied plastic in there, it would heat up and it would uh, harden. And, and here you are as a kid playing with something that could cause serious burns, you know. <laughs> It would never happen today. Lawn darts. Yeah, lawn darts. Yeah. So, so point being here is it becomes more difficult to relate to people. So learning this skill, tying this all back together, because yes, I am a trained professional. Learning the skill of relating to new people is what's going to get me to 180. Okay. Because you'll still have friends. Right. And I'll be able to relate to them at some level. But it's the approach. It's that first connection that's the awkward part, right? I mean, this whole this whole topic came up because we were talking about networking within and without of your industry, without of, anyway, you know what I mean? And that awkward moment of having to introduce yourself or start a conversation with new people. Yeah, no, your job, thank you. And so by the way, folks, just Anne proving that she is also a professional because she just tied it back for last week. Well, high fiving girl, high five. Pow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's exactly right. Because, you know, I walk into a networking event, it was what we were talking about last week, and you look around and you don't know a soul. Hmm. What's the first thing you do? Get a drink. That's exactly what I was waiting <laughs> for. Right. We all go to the bar, which, incidentally, is a great place to. To start a conversation with somebody when you're in the bar line or the buffet line or what I have found really helpful, oddly, because um, I mean, we're at conferences all the time. I'm interacting with people I don't know all the time. The bathroom line. I knew you were going to say that. Not the bathroom, but the line in to get into the bathroom. Yeah, it's even actually better for guys in that bathroom line because we're not used to it. <laughs> we're not used to the line. Fair. Right. The only place we see bathroom lines are sporting events. Football games. Yep. Right. <laughs> Boxing. Yes. What, what doesn't matter. A sporting event where mm-hmm. we typically outnumber the women three to four to one. Right. And and the girls are going in and out like nobody's business. And we're just standing there doing the dance. Welcome to our rest of the world. Right. <laughs> Except for where you're doing a dance, you're not typically drinking like 10 gallons of beer and then waiting way too long to get in the bathroom line. So that's a whole nother podcast, I think. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll do the, uh, oh, who was it? What was the battle of the sexes? Billie Jean King and. Uh, oh, oh, um, uh, uh, Riggs. Riggs? Um, <laughs> Billy? Billie Jean King and. Ah, we'll have to find it online. I, I, I remember when it occurred, right. But at any rate, we're completely digressing now. We've really gone off the rails. So <laughs> so you're standing in the bar line. What do you say? You know what? People say all the time, don't comment on the weather. Don't comment on what do you do for a living? But you know what? I just want to start a conversation and saying, wow, it's hot out there. I'm so glad to be stuck inside tonight at this networking event at least gets us started. Um, I'll, you know, whether it's commenting on the speaker or, oh, wow, that, did you try the, 
you know, turkey tetrazzini at the bar because it's or at the buffet because it's really good. Like commenting on stupid, I'll say stupid stuff. And at the end, I'll go, wow, you started the conversation with that. But it starts the conversation. So I don't judge the whole, you know, what I start with. I agree. Anything Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs. Thank you. And it was Riggs. I had the Riggs. I couldn't think mm-hmm. of his first name. Right. But um, you got, saying just, stupid stuff to start the conversation. Yeah. And, and by the way, I want to give you guys um, a little pro tip here. There's no reason you have to wait till you're in line to come up with your line. Oh, even better if you have it ready before you even walk in the door of the event. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That is my point. It's a good one, Dave. You should expand on it. Well, you know, the worst time to think about something is when you need it. When you're nervous and you have to improvise and your brain is going, get out of here, this is dangerous, because your amygdala thinks that you're in danger because you're stressed. Who's, is that your aunt, amygdala? No, my aunt was Aunt Alice. Oh. Your amygdala is a piece of your brain, Dave. It's the fight or fight. Fight or fl- 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 fight. Or fight. You know. Fight or fight? One. That's me. I either, either fight, I either fight or I fight. There is no flight. <laughs> it's the fight. Well, then I was being accurate for your brain. It's the fight or flight piece of your brain that wants to keep you alive and is zero, 100% risk averse, does not want any kind of stress and is going to send a message to you to panic and punch or run at any stressful situation, which right. doesn't help you think critically about what's an excellent question to start a conversation with the stranger that I do not know. Exactly. And by the way, and, and I do want to come back to, to you know continue this thought, but I, you just reminded me, right? Because this came about when you talked about last week, how you went up to somebody uh, who you admired and listened to their podcast and, and you said, Oh my God, you fawned over, I think it was a woman, if memory serves mm-hmm. me, and yep. you fawned over her. And then she looked at you like you were lint, less than lint on her shoes, or that was your interpretation. But what right. was probably really going on is her amygdala was going, get the hell out of here. You don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> right? So my point here is, folks, the person you're about to address is as nervous, more nervous than you are. I promise you. It's So whatever their response is, it's about them, not you. And our goal in engaging them is to make them feel good and comfortable. Mm-hmm. I want I was- to as I'm talking about, I, I used to do a workshop that I started doing when I worked in corporate and I was talking about um, connecting with people. And one of the things that I talked about was getting the invite to coffee, right? I don't need to talk about what I do for a living. I don't need to talk about what I need from you, what I'd like to learn from you. Let's just make a connection so we get to extend this to another conversation later on. And so without that agenda of, I need Dave to buy my product, or I want to Dave to be my mentor. Without those kind of goals, if I just want to connect with Dave, making that connection, making them comfortable, doing the yes and method of conversating can really help you make that connection to create a relationship rather than just having an interaction. Right. So that's mindset. The mindset is not about selling a product or 
getting something from them, whether it's money or whatever, right? right? It's not even about making a connection, honestly, in the sense that that's a secondary. It's about getting to know them, Mm -hmm. right? The connection will happen. And that's my point here, right? It's not like, I want to connect with you. Um, can I can I do your laundry, right? That sort of seems like if, if your goal is to make a connection, stupid things like that come up, right? But if your goal is, hey, I just want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Not I want you to get to know me. I want to get to know you, okay? Right. So, so let me bring us back to that opening line, right? So it's just like bad dating movies, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, well, what's a what's this stupid line? Um, what's well, your sign? Well, Come here often. Those 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 were the ones that came to mind, but there's actually some really funnier ones that I uh, can't come up with right now. Because are you an angel? Because I feel like God sent you down from heaven. I I feel like you've heard these before. <laughs> no, I wish I had. Nobody ever hits on me. Anyway, go ahead. Oh. I think I'm unapproachable. They're feeling oh. awkward about approaching a new person. Mike, is is that true? You never hit on her. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I, Mike and I are gonna have a talk on Saturday. He ordered uh, me on a website. <laughs> I am going to fix this problem. I promise you. <laughs> no, he hit on me. It worked. Okay, good. But anyway, uh, uh, but right. So yes, we're talking about cheesy opening lines, but not cheesy ones, right? But if they are, who cares, right? right? And I'm not talking about with the opposite sex, although it could be. Who cares? Well, and, and this is why, and this is what started this whole conversation in our last episode. This is why I like to take jobs, do volunteer stuff at these events, because it gives me a reason to talk to people, right? So if I'm standing in the middle of the hallway telling them, where are the breakout rooms? Where's the bathroom? Where do I get tickets to this? And I'm pointing everybody. Then later on, I see them when I'm free and don't have a place to sit at lunch. And they already kind of know me. Right. So it's a lot easier to approach somebody you don't know when you've already registered for them and had them fill out a name tag and you had a job and you had an interaction and they kind of know you. It's like being the opening speaker at an event like they know you after they see you. So if you were so that's why I take these jobs, because then people start to recognize you. And it's not as like stranger danger when I walk up to them and say, hey, can I sit here with you at lunch? which has also gone badly for me, by the way. And this is another piece, is it's really important to have a short memory with those (laughs) situations where it didn't go well. Right. And so that's one option. Or like we started to say, you know, our best places, right, the the food line, the bar line, the bathroom line, right? Mm -hmm. What are three lines, no pun intended, you could use in line, okay? I'll I'll give you a hint. Like you're at the bar line, right? So first of all, there's a line at the bar. What's that, what's that tell you? That means the bartender's not moving very fast or can't handle the volume, right? You could do something stupid and innocuous, like, wow, good thing they're not getting paid by the drink. Yeah, look, I-, I, I just got this stupid smirk from man. You can't see it because, I mean, the, the chuckle is barely audible on, 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 on the tape, right? But, you know, you're just standing there for like 10 minutes for this drink, Right. What's another stupid line? So think, what's a line you could say at the food? Oh, who knows? It could be something like, well, what's the over-under of the chicken and the fish tasting the same? Uh, <laughs> well, and I... Because I tend to take a less caustic and complaining approach of like, oh, wow, I'm really looking forward to this glass of wine. I hope it hurries up. 
or like, oh, that chicken looks good. I'm going to grab one of those or just something like that. Right. But you're making my point. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. Right. It needs to be you. Right. So you're welcome to my lines. Thanks. <laughs> if they're you. Right. Yeah. But they need to be you. But it doesn't really matter. Right. And even like, are you enjoying the event? Or, you know, I mean, this are you, because that's what I use at conferences a lot. Like, are you getting a lot out of the conference? Because usually that sparks a conversation about something that they're getting out of it or something they really enjoyed. And now we're talking. Right. Now, my advice, though, is whatever you use, have your follow-up, right? So most questions are going to have two answers, Okay. Sometimes yes. you have to work really yeah. hard at what those two answers are because they're going to be like 10 answers that fit into two categories. That's really what I mean. Okay. And, and, and as an example, when I was um, in sales, and I've said this on this podcast many times in many episodes in the past, when I would go into a sales meeting and meeting somebody for the first time, one of the questions I would always ask people is something to the effect of like, so how long have you worked here? Mm-hmm. Well, there's only two answers to that question. They've a either worked time here. or a short time. Exactly. Right. Yep. And then I have a follow-up based on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have a pre-planned two to three questions. It's like you're opening chess moves, right? So you don't have to memorize a lot, but it's enough to get them talking about themselves, mm-hmm. which is what my goal always is. Not to have me talk about me, but to have them talk about them. And it might end up being a back and forth, but ultimately you're showing interest in them, which is going to make them ultimately show interest in you. Yeah. I mean, good conversations will end up back and forth, which is fine. It's, but, you know, and it, one of the things that I heard my first influence, uh, National Speaker Association Influence Conference, one of the first things I heard, because you go there and it's a conference of 1,500 speakers, no listeners, but 1,500 speakers. <laughs> Two ears, one mouth. We use the mouth more. Right. Right. So. Well, and, and uh, you know, we've been applying this to networking events, but let's shift it a little bit and talk about this with new clients or with new colleagues, um, because that's often what we're also encountering as we're trying to get to know the people that we're going to be working with. Or here's another one. Interviewees. If you are interviewing somebody, Mm -hmm. I always open up with this sort of casualness. Mm -hmm. You know, I I make it seem like before the interview starts, I'm just curious, you know, tell me about yourself. Yeah. Did you grow up around here? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I do that (laughs) is I want to get them relaxed before I get into the, if you could be a fruit, what would it be and why? No, I never asked that question, but you, you... I'm making my best Jean-Luc Picard face palm face right now. I didn't know Jean-Luc. I don't remember him ever doing. Oh my god! One of my favorite memes is Jean-Luc Picard just putting his head in his his hand, like, "Oh my god." Is that because Riker said something stupid? Probably. Yeah. Right, but seriously, you know, but seriously, folks. But seriously, folks. You, everyone's ready for those. You know, tell me about a boss and 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 the time you disagreed with him. Question, right? You. When when you get to those questions, you need them so relaxed that they actually answer them. Right. Not the preset answer. 
Well, and you talk a lot about modeling and the importance of role modeling as a leader. In those cases, we're also role modeling the way this relationship is going to go from here forward. It's not just about business. I care about you as a human because an interview is also that two-way street of, do you do I want you to work for me? And you deciding if you want to work for me. And so part of that casual getting to know you, you know, sort of awkward first bits is um, that that getting to know you, this is not all just business. You're not just a bee in the hive. You are an individual and I'm interested to know more about you. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought of something else. I want to bring it back to the networking events was where it started. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do this in an interview. I might do this in any other business conversation, but I wouldn't necessarily do this in an interview. But it's also okay to let the person know if you're feeling nervous about it. You know, I'm always, sure. I, I feel kind of, awkward saying hi to new people i probably mm-hmm. you probably don't and then they go oh, i'm glad you so i'm so glad you said that i i feel the same way bam connection right and so often it's finding a point of similarity that's what we're trying to do here hey are you enjoying the conference oh my gosh me too i'm getting so much out of it hey how about that chicken oh i know that looks so good or oh my gosh i wish the bartender would just speed up i know i want my drink what we're doing here is we're finding common ground and when we find that common ground, now we've got something that we can connect on. And I think the last piece of advice I want to give on this, and this goes back to your experience meeting whoever this superstar was that you were enamored with. Do you have a poster above your bed? No? Um, Especially not after that experience. I have but, a hard time. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm sure. Right? Is not buying into their right you can't read their mind is what I'm trying to say. Well, and this, yes. And this is another very, very important piece that we need to talk about is not putting value on their behavior. As you said, most people are just as uncomfortable as you are. And so their awkward response to me was, wow, peasant, why are you talking to me? She might've been thinking, wow, that was a nice thing to say. And I have no idea what to say. And I'm really uncomfortable. And oh my God, this is awkward. You know, you know, and not having that response. So we really need to watch out for the assumptions we're assigning to other people's reactions. Right. She very well might have been thinking, I'm not that good. I'm not worthy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe not in those words, but I'm not worthy. Right. The imposter syndrome, which, by the way, folks, if you're suffering the imposter syndrome, remember, imposters never suffer the imposter syndrome. Ooh. We should talk about that at the next episode. We could, we could. Ooh, so, right. So, 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 don't read their mind. This is good. I got two good ideas that Anne can remember for me because she. And now I'm finally remembering to write them down. Because, because she's younger, and she can do that. <laughs> what you can't write anymore at sixty-two? Yeah, nah. Are you kidding? That's woman's work. Um, oh, we found my destiny. There it is. We were just joking about that before the episode, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, a sexist would say. There you go. Now you got it. Um, Yeah. I'm so glad I could bring that around full circle. (laughs) I'm still offended. Once again, please don't try this at home. I am a professional. (laughs) I am a trained professional. I'm a trained professional misogynist, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think I was born into that role. Well, Um, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I completely lost track of what the yes. heck I was saying. Though. Imposters well, oh, don't have imposter syndrome. Oh, you know, and don't write. Imposters don't have imposter syndrome. And and I believe if Anne today had that interaction, she might say something like, yeah, you know, I, I hate when people say stuff like that to me too, because personally, I feel so unworthy when, when that happens. But I, I just want you to know I love your stuff, right? Acknowledging what may be going on in our brain. Right. Well, and the way that I would probably say it is, wow, that was awkward. I can't believe I just said that. All I wanted to do was let you know I appreciate the information that you shared. Right. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. But some yep. some sort of right emotion. We're talking about emotional intelligence here, which Anne's got ton of and me, not so much. Right. Um, we're talking about emotional intelligence here to recognize the situation for what it is, not read into it and just diffuse it. Maybe you are the only one that's awkward and they actually were looking at you as though you were a peasant. But the fact is, when you call that out, they're not going to be like, oh, no, it was just you being awkward. You know, like it's going to diffuse the situation and you're going to be able to move past it because that vulnerability builds trust. Interestingly. Yep. So I think, I think we got... beat this one to death, Dave. I think we have to. The horse <laughs> just plopped over. So but I made notes on our other two topics. So we'll deal with those next time. And and by the way, folks, look forward. I think we might, we're not going to make this a promise, but it's a more likely than not, we might be coming to you from Orlando next. Disarming Persuasion live from Orlando. Sunday, so about, Sunday, Sunday. I don't know about the live part, but at least from Orlando. Not live to you, but we'll be in the same room. That's really all it is. In person in Orlando. Maybe we should find an octagon. Ooh. And we could fight it out. Dude, you would. Oh, no, I would lose. You play hockey. Y'all fight dirty. You, you don't see those things. up there? I know you have a sword behind your head. Is Mike, you know? Mike, Mike was the, the no, enforcer those, those, on his pro the, lacrosse. The, the, team, those so. things next to the sword. I'll see. Oh, those black belts. Those things. Yeah. There, though. I have anger. That's a good but point. It, crazy, crazy beats skilled every time. But I'm, but I'm an impersonator. I don't actually have any anger. Dude, I always said that. I, I did Tybo for a while. Total rabbit hole. Let's just go down it for a sec. You remember Tybo with Billy Blanks? Well, when I started my training, Billy Blanks and Nasty Anderson were the number one and number two black belts who were always fighting each other. So, yeah, I remember Billy Blanks. Really. I ordered his videos and I would do Tybo and I would punch the air. And I thought I was such a badass. And I was like, ah, I'm tough. And then all of a sudden, one day I thought, you know, if somebody ever punches me back, I'm going to start crying and run away. Like, I am not a badass at all. At all. I don't have the anger. I don't have the frustration. My sister-in-law, she would crush me. And she's way smaller and never works out. Yeah, that's why at my school, no kidding, when, when you start off as a beginner, you know, it's it's no contact. But once you get to, um, for us, it, midway to black belt, you know, for mm. us, it was, it was red belt level, but it's different at different schools. We started making contact and it, it mm -hmm. was controlled contact. Mm -hmm. But the first time you get hit in the face better not be on the street because right? exactly what you said. If you've never been hit before, you're going to go like, what was that? And then you're dead. Right. Was it Mike Tyson or, or Muhammad Ali that said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face? I, I don't know, but it's a true I, statement. I have been fortunate to never have been punched in the face. I plan to keep that for the next 30 years or whatever I have left. Um, it's, it's probably a safe bet. Well, at least it will be in a few days. Yeah. 
After I turn 50? Yeah. Oh, okay. Until then, you know, be careful. I'll keep my arms up. I'll have Mike as my bodyguard. There you go. All All right, right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Don't punch anybody at a networking event. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonney at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.